water in the shower that has pressure behind it. Where you don't have to take five minutes to try and get the soap out of your hair. Not that I have much, but. The fact that we have electricity 24 hours a day. That you're not without electricity for several hours out of your day. The fact that you have running water that doesn't stop for three or four days at a time is a blessing. The fact that you have roads without potholes. Potholes big enough to break your rims on your vehicle. Potholes big enough to plant trees in them. That's a blessing. Can I get an amen? amen. Wi-Fi. You would not survive. The fact that we have 24-7 unlimited data and you have high-speed internet that you can connect to everywhere and anywhere, you are blessed. Can I get an amen? Look at the person next to you tell him, you're blessed. And all I'm going to tell you is we have Pastor Mike and Selena over there. And I've seen Pastor Selena. She posted something on her Facebook page the other day. She said, I better not hear anybody complaining when I get home. She said, my eyes have been open to stuff over here. And if I hear you complaining, you're going to get it. So you better watch your mouth. She coming back with fire. Amen. We have no reason to complain. Look at somebody and tell them, you've got no reason to complain. You are blessed. And this week is Thanksgiving week. Got a week of Thanksgiving. You know, Thanksgiving is a time where we get to reflect on the year, on everything that the Lord has done for us, right? To look back and just celebrate all the good things that the Lord has done in our life. How many of you, God has done some amazing things in your life in the last 10 months? He has, right? Meg, he's done some good things, right? Danny, he's done some great things in your life. I know so many people have got breakthrough this year already. I know the Lord's been good to us. He's been faithful. He's kept his word. And I have got so much to be thankful for. Amen? The fact that we're healthy, that we actually have the freedom to worship God, we, have, we can come to a place and worship God without fear. Amen? That's something to be thankful for. But we as Christians, we do not need the week of Thanksgiving to remind us to be thankful. We don't need Valentine's Day to remind us that we need to say to our wives or our children that we love them. We don't need Christmas or Easter to remind us that we have a Savior that died for us to give us brand new life. Can I get an amen? We live this every day. Even if we didn't have Thanksgiving, we would be thankful. I would anyway. Besides, most of the people this week, Thanksgiving is not about giving thanks to God. It's about eating. And then Black Friday sales. It's about, it's about the beginning of the holiday season. Whoop, whoop. Let's eat. Let's party. Let's be merry. But that's part of celebrating. Amen. And it's good to celebrate. But it's also good to just take the time to look back at the year and see what the Lord has done. Look at somebody and tell them thankfulness 
is the key. Look at somebody else and tell them, preach to them, say it really loud. Tell them, thankfulness is the key to your mental health. Look at somebody, preach to them, tell them, praise is the key to your emotional health. What does praise do? Praise takes off the spirit of heaviness. See, when the spirit of heaviness is on you, you're going to complain. When the spirit of heaviness is on you, there's no thankfulness coming out of your mouth. Because all you see is the problem. All you see is the issues. But if you want to have good mental health and you want to have good emotional health, you need to give thanks to God and you need to praise the Lord. Turn to, turn to Psalm 100. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, that your word is seed. I thank you, Lord, that your word is sharper than a two-edged sword. Father, I thank you that your word is going to penetrate every heart today. I thank you, Lord, that your word is going to change mindsets today. In the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that your word is going to set the captive free. I thank you, Lord, that your word is going to heal people. It is going to mend broken hearts today. Father, I thank you that people are going to grab hold of your word and it is going to change their attitudes and their mindsets. It's going to break strongholds in this place today. And I thank you, Lord, that your word is seed and it will produce fruit in every heart and in every life in Jesus' name. Say amen. Psalm 100 says, Shout with joy to the Lord all the earth. Five people took that opportunity. Shout with joy to the Lord all the earth. Yeah. Worship the Lord with gladness. The Lord don't want you to worship Him with sadness. He wants you to worship Him with gladness. It says, Come before Him singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God, that He made us and we are His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. You might say pasture. Verse 4, it says, Enter His gates with thanksgiving and go into His courts with praise. Look at somebody and tell them thanksgiving is the key to your mental health. Tell him praise is the key to your emotional health. If you want to be stable in your thinking, if you want to be stable emotionally, then you've got to keep thanksgiving and praise at the center of your heart. Amen. These are spiritual weapons of warfare. God has given us weapons that we can fight the enemy with. What does the enemy want to do? The enemy wants to take your heart captive. The enemy comes to take the, the throne of your heart captive. In uh, 2020, I had an encounter with the Lord. Uh, I was doing a series on love. And I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, if I'm supposed to love you with all my heart, all my soul, all my mind, and all my strength, what is my heart? I know the physical blood pump. I understand the heart of man is like the soul of man. But Lord, can you help me understand what my heart is? Because if I can have a better understanding of the heart, then I can love you with all my heart. Then I can fulfill the first commandment. Amen. And so I had this encounter with the Lord where the Lord showed me a heart. 
It was like a Valentine heart, but I knew it represented the answer to my prayer. I knew it represented the heart of man. And I saw this heart. When I saw it in front of me, I, I started scanning the heart from the bottom to the top of the heart. And the heart was wrapped in newspaper. And as I went up the heart, I saw all these articles. I couldn't understand what was written there, but I saw articles. I saw pictures. It was all blurred out. I knew the whole heart was wrapped with newspaper. And when I got to the top, I read the headlines that said bad news. And then I saw a light from heaven shine. And as the light shone, it became a laser beam as it got closer to the heart. It hit the heart. It consumed the newspaper. And the heart was set free. And then the Lord spoke to me and said, the heart of man is the seed of the Spirit from where you rule and reign from in life. And the Lord showed me a throne in heaven. And I realized, just as God sits on a throne in heaven and rules and reigns from that place, our spirit sits on the heart of man, the place where we make decisions and decrees. And it's the place from where you rule and reign from here on earth. And the enemy wants to take the heart of man captive with fear, with bad news, with problems, with all the issues. And if you listen to the media, all you're going to hear is bad news. But you have to open your Bible and get the good news of the Word of God. And if you will get the good news and meditate on it day and night, if you'll hook up with heaven's plans instead of the enemy's plans, your heart will always stay free. Can I get an amen? And so your heart... Your heart, when you are focused on the things above, you're focused on what God is saying. When you're living out of every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, you're going to live in a place of victory. But the enemy wants to take your heart captive so that you're no longer free to obey God. And the Lord wants to set your heart free from fear today. Look at the person next to you and say, you're about to get it. The Lord is going to break you free from fear. Some of you think, well, I'm not afraid. You know, I'm perfect. Everything's good. Well, when you get set free, you realize you weren't good. That's how I realize. I think I'm all good with God, and then God shows me something, and then He sets me free, and then I realize I wasn't as good as I thought I was. Thank you, Lord, for setting me free in areas that I didn't realize I needed to be set free from. Say this, say, Holy Spirit, I give you full permission this morning, now this afternoon, to scan my heart. And if there's anything in there, God, that's not pleasing to you. Quarantine it. Take it captive. Seek and destroy. And I thank you, Lord, that you love me more than I love myself. My heart belongs to you. Have your way in me, God. In Jesus' name. Mm-mm-mm. So I was having an argument with my wife the other day. And our arguments aren't serious. They're just, you know, us talking. But I call it an argument. You know, because while we were in Africa, she kept saying to me stuff about me dying. You know, and I was like, babe, what are you doing right now? I'm like, I'm not going to die. She's like, I don't want you to leave me sooner. I feel like you're going to leave me sooner. I'm like, I'm not dying. We're going in the rapture together. That was our agreement. Jesus is coming back. We're going with him in the rapture. That's, that's where my faith is settled. Amen. 
And so there are little things that will come out of your mouth that you don't even realize that you're being held captive by something. And the enemy wants to take your mind captive and begin to show you pictures of destruction, right? And so now you live in fear on a constant basis that your kids are going to die or that your spouse is going to die or that you're going to lose something. And you're actually living in torment. And the Lord wants your heart free from that captivity. Amen. And so she didn't realize that was coming out of her mouth. And I'm like, babe, you're saying this. Quit saying it. Let's bring this to the cross and deal with it and get it out of your life because I'm not going anywhere. The Bible says if I honor my mother and father, I'll have a long and satisfying life. Amen. The Bible says that if you, if you seek out wisdom and you make wisdom part of your life, that the Lord will honor you with a long and satisfying life. Amen. It is the enemy's plan to steal, kill, and destroy, but it is not God's plan. God's plan is to give you life and life more abundantly. And so that's where I stand. That's where my life is rooted and grounded. Amen. But sometimes we have these things in us that we can't even see, and you'll hear it coming out of people's mouths. Look at the person next to you. Say, the Lord is going to set you free from things that you are bound to that are tormenting your life. Hallelujah. Just lift your hands and begin to thank the Lord this morning. There's so much to be thankful for. I want you to just start counting your blessings. What has the Lord blessed you with this year? What has the Lord done in your life this year? What prayers has He answered? What breakthroughs has He brought you through? Thank you, Father. Come on. Take a moment. Father, I thank you. Thank you, Lord. We put ourselves in remembrance of your promises, of your word. Who's been healed this year? Raise your hands. If you, if you were sick and the Lord healed you, he's a healer. Father, we thank you that you're a healer. Jesus, that you're still healing. How many of you has the Lord provided for this year where financial breakthrough came or increase came? He's a provider. Say, thank you, Father. For provision in my life. How many of God has restored a relationship that was broken or separated? Yeah. These two right here. Wheatna. Right there. They were separated. And the Lord brought them back together. And they got married. And they got everything turned around. Wheatna and Chandler. Amen. The Lord restored their relationship. And the Lord is blessing them. How many of you had stuff that you were struggling with in your mind and in your heart and the Lord set you free from it this year? He's a deliverer. How many were carrying anger and frustration and bitterness and stuff that you didn't even realize was in there and the Lord took that right out of you? How many of you were struggling in your own flesh to see something come to pass and the Lord showed you where you were doing it in your own strength and you could surrender it and give it to the Lord? The quality of your life, right? Look at somebody and tell them the quality of your life is about you staying in communion with the Lord. That's your heart health. There's mental health, there's emotional health, but then there's heart health. And the Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, stuff comes out of it. 
So either out of the abundance of the heart, you're drawing from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, or out of the abundance of the heart, you're drawing from the tree of life. You're either drawing out of your sinful nature or you're drawing out of God's nature. There were two trees in the garden. Is this correct? Your life is rooted in one of those two trees. You're either living out of heaven or you're living out of yourself. And the Lord showed it to me real clear when I was in South Africa. I woke up. It was three in the morning again. It's three in the morning stuff with the load. And the Lord actually showed me a picture. Uh, Lexi, will you put up our famous slide, please? Out of Egypt through the wilderness and into the promised land. So when the Lord called me into the ministry, this is, this is the pattern that the Lord gave me. I walk this, and this is what I teach people. This is the journey. We're taking a journey out of Egypt, slavery to sin, darkness, bondage, and captivity. We're going to come through the wilderness, a place of transformation, and we're going to come into the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey. Amen. The blessing of God. We're going to take territory in the promised land, and we're going to take down every giant that we're facing, and we're going to live in relationship with the Lord, in peace, doing the will of God here on earth. But the Lord showed me here on the mountain, in Mount Sinai. When Moses came to Mount Sinai, he climbed the mountain. He was on the mountain for 40 days, and God was inscribing on tablets of stone with his own hand the Ten Commandments. But at the same time, at the bottom of the mountain, the Aaron, the priest, the people put pressure on him, and they took the gold. You know, when God brought them out of Egypt, they stripped the Egyptians of all their wealth, and God wanted to use that gold to build the temple. But what did they do? They took the gold and they built an idol. And the Lord showed me clearly that there is a place of decision that you have to come to in your life. You're either going to be on the top of the mountain in the presence of God, with God writing His commands on your heart, and you're living to please Him, which will bring you into the promised land and live in the blessing and the abundance of God. Or you're at the bottom of the mountain, worshiping idols, living to please yourself, which will lead you into a place of bondage. And you have to decide where it is that you live. You either live in the presence, righteous, obeying God, which will lead you into a place of victory, or you're going to live in a place where you're living to please yourself, not honoring and obey God, and you will be led into the flesh, into slavery to sin, and you will be captive. Can I get an amen? amen. And so we have to decide where we're living from. Are you living from every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God? Are you living according to the written word of God? Or are you living according to the opinions of people and what the world has to say? Are you more focused on what the media has to say? Or are you more focused on what the prophets of God are saying? What are you listening to? And depending on what you listen to, what your eyes and your mind is fixed on, will determine if you're thankful or ungrateful. My wife says this to our kids all the time. She says, you're either blessed or you're spoiled. And there's a fine line between the two. When you're blessed, you're thankful. When you're spoiled, you're ungrateful. And it's easy to move from being blessed to being spoiled. It's an attitude in the heart. And if we as parents don't like it when our children are acting like brats, demanding things and being ungrateful. If we don't like it, then God doesn't like it either. Can I get an amen? We being ungrateful, unthankful for what God has already done in our lives and demanding God to give us more things. 
So he don't like that. And family, this is a week that we call Thanksgiving. But we need to have thankful hearts all the time. And if you will stay thankful, you just put yourself in remembrance of what God has done, where God has brought you from. You've got so much to be thankful for. I remember when I was living in sin. I remember when I was trapped in sin. I was in drug addiction. I was in turmoil. I, was, I had so much bitterness in my heart towards my parents and my family. I hated my life. I hated who I was. And then the Lord found me. And He was gracious to me. And He lifted me out of that pit. He saved me. He healed me. He cleansed me. He delivered me. He put me in right standing with Him. He gave me an identity as a son and a child of God. Can I get an amen? He didn't leave me the way I was. And it's been a process. But every year with the Lord, my life has gotten better and better and better. And the giants that were in my heart, the fears that were in my heart, the Lord has brought me through those things. And I now have a track record with the Lord. I know that He is able. I know that He is capable. Greater is He who is in me than he who is in the world. God can bring me through any storm in any situation. I have the joy of the Lord. I have the peace of God. I have relationship with the Lord. I know His voice and a stranger's voice I will not follow. I know, I know the Lord. I know my destiny. I know the plans and purposes the Lord has for my life. I know that when I breathe out my last breath, I will be in His presence. And it's not a doubt. It's not a maybe. It's a, not a wonder. It's I know that I know that I know. Why? Because I've encountered Him here on earth. Amen. I know that He is real. That's something to be thankful for. We've got stuff to rejoice about. The fact that Jesus left heaven. The fact that God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whosoever would believe in Him would not perish but have eternal life. The fact that we know God. The fact that we're not going with the devil to the lake of fire to be tortured for eternity is something to be grateful for. Something to be thankful for. If Jesus never did another thing for me, just the fact that I'm not going to the lake of fire, the second death for eternal punishment and separation from God, that is more than enough to get up every morning and say, thank you, God, for saving me. Who cares about what's going on in the world? Who cares about the problems? I am not going to hell. I am not going to the lake of fire. That's enough there to have joy bubbling 24-7. If you'll just stay rooted and grounded in that truth, you'll have joy every single day of your life. But when you forget what God has done for you, you forget where you come from, then all of a sudden you start looking at things in the natural and you start comparing yourself to other people, what you have and what you don't have, and you start becoming ungrateful. Hallelujah. And I tell you, joy is a weapon. Peace is a weapon. The Word of God is a weapon. Prayer is a weapon. Praise is a weapon. These are things that the Lord has given you to fight the enemy, to fight off the things that are trying to take your heart captive, to, to shift your focus from all the good things that God is doing, the places He's taking, the things that He's done in your life, and to turn your eyes into, onto things that are just full of doubt, unbelief, fear, torment, destruction. And it's, it's something that you live on the inside of you. When I lie down in my bed at night, I have peace. I don't have stuff in my heart 
so-and-so did this to me, and so-and-so did that to me, and I did this to them, and they took this. I don't have these arguments running around in my mind. I don't have bitterness towards people in my heart. I don't have judgment in my heart towards people. I don't have doubts about who I am. I don't have doubts whether God loves me. I don't have doubts about my future, where I am, where I'm going. That's all settled. I literally have peace on the inside of me. And I know, I, I remember the days where I did not have that on the inside of me. And I woke up miserable every single day. But when the Lord sets you free from yourself. You know, Jesus didn't say this. He said, if you want to be by my disciple, pick up your cross and deny the devil. He said, deny yourself. The devil is not your problem. Your selfish motives and desires are your problem. Oh, this is, see, this is the part where I talk about where people stop giving, they move backwards, and then they leave the church. Stop serving. I hate that guy. All he does is judge me. No, the Word of God wants to break you free from where your heart has been taken captive by the enemy. Areas where you don't even realize you're in captivity. God wants to break that free. You know what I love? I love the fact that I'm at a place in my life where if I feel like the Lord wants me to get on my knees, I can get on my knees. I don't care what anybody thinks. I'm at the place where if the Lord says, lift your hands, or I feel like I want to lift my, I can lift my hands with total freedom. Not even worried about anybody around me. My eyes are not on people. My eyes are on the Lord. I've come to the place where I don't care what people think about me. I used to worry about that all the time. I had issues with my teeth. I had issues with the way I was built. I had issues with all kinds of stuff. You look at yourself in the mirror and you can pick out all the flaws with you. Right? You, you stand there and you look at yourself and there's all the imperfections and all you can see is your imperfections. But when you hook up to the eyes of Jesus and you see who you are in Christ... It doesn't matter about your imperfections. Your personality, who you are, you are perfect in the eyes of the Lord. And you've been created perfect for the plans and purposes that He has for you. And when you can shift into God's plan for your life and see who you are in Him, your whole life makes sense. You come into this peace. You come into this place of joy. And my spiritual mom, she'd be happy and smiling every single day. Always celebrating. Woo, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And I'd be like, no, this lady's putting it on. There's no way that you can wake up every single day and be that happy. You, there's no way you can wake up every day and be smiling. Always celebrating God. And I wasn't where she was. But now I am where she, where she was. And it feels good to be there. Look at the person next to you and tell them, you're coming out. You're coming out of bondage. You're coming out of the enemy's plans and purposes. You're coming out of your hurt, coming out of your pain, you're coming out of your past, and you're coming into Christ. Amen? That's where we're taking you. That's where we're bringing you. Hallelujah. You know, one of the things that I'm really happy about is the Holy Ghost. The fact that I got the Holy Ghost, ooh, mama, 
Look at somebody and tell them you need the Holy Ghost. Where is Jesus? Not a trick question. Where is Jesus seated? The right hand of God the Father. Where is the Father? Right next to Jesus in heaven. Where is the Holy Ghost? Where? Here on the earth. As the Spirit was moving over the waters. The Holy Ghost is here on earth. The question is, have you let the Holy Ghost into your earth? You see, when the Holy Ghost was hovering over the surface of the waters, the earth was formless void. It was in chaos. But when the Holy Ghost came in, light came in. And suddenly creation began. As long as God is on the outside of you, your world will stay in chaos. It'll be dark. It'll be formless. It'll be void. But the minute you let the Holy Ghost and the Word of God into your heart, He begins to build things on the inside of you. He begins to reorder your life. He begins to create things in you that did not exist before. He begins to show you things you've never seen before. He begins to speak things you've never heard before. And He totally transforms you from the inside out. When the Holy Ghost moves on the inside of you, you get the Spirit of truth. You get the Spirit of grace. That's the power to overcome sin. Look at somebody and say, grace is not a card that you receive that gives you a license to sin. Grace is the power of God for you to overcome sin. To subdue sin. To master sin. That's what happens when the Holy Ghost comes on the inside of you. It gives you the power to stop rebelling against God. When the Holy Ghost moves on the inside of you, the spirit of love comes in you. Say, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of love. It's unconditional love. It is the love of God that moves on the inside of you. When the love of God moves on the inside of you, you move from human love to agape love. That's where you learn to start loving people without conditions and without strings attached. All of a sudden, you can love ugly people. Not in the natural, but in the heart. Pride is super ugly. Depression is ugly. Jealousy is ugly. Gossip is ugly. Backbiting is ugly. Division, dissension, all of it. When people operate in that stuff, it's ugly. Amen? And when you are self-righteous, where you're trusting in yourself to be right with God, you look down on people and you have this attitude about yourself. But when the unconditional love of God hits you, you realize you have a Father in heaven. You realize how much God loves you. He brings you into the family. You're no longer an orphan. You're no longer an outcast. You know Him as your heavenly Father. There's a security that comes on the inside of you and a love that comes on the inside of you where you can love other people now in a way that you couldn't love them before. Before you, 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 you had Scripture, you memorized it, and you... You were self-righteous, but when you got the love of God, your whole heart changes. Your whole life changes. When you get the Holy Ghost on the inside of you, you get the love of God on the inside of you, and you transform into a different person. Your identity doesn't get established until you get the Holy Ghost. Because it's the spirit of adoption where you come to realize that you have a Father in heaven and that you're a child of the Most High God. You need the Holy Ghost. 
If Jesus was on the earth today, you would want to walk where Jesus is, right? But the Holy Ghost is here on the earth today, and he's the one that has been sent as a comforter, the one that we need to cling to, the one that we need to work with, the one that we need to, to, um, to operate with here on earth. If you don't learn how to work with the Holy Ghost, you don't know how to work with God here on the earth. You don't. Look at somebody and tell them you need the Holy Ghost. Say the Holy Spirit is God. Say it again. Say the Holy Spirit is God. And there are whole denominations that teach that the Holy Spirit, you don't need the Holy Spirit. Stay away from the Holy Spirit. Look at somebody and tell them you need the Holy Spirit. And when you get the Holy Ghost, what happens? Not only do you get the spirit of love, the spirit of truth, the spirit of grace, the spirit of power. You get the fruit of the Spirit. Say the fruits of the Spirit. What are the fruits of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. When you get the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, all of a sudden you begin to operate differently. Suddenly love pops up. Suddenly joy begins to bubble out of the inside of you. This is supernatural. This is the nature of God that begins to take over on the inside of you. Look at somebody and say, that's something to be thankful for. There's so much to be thankful for, church. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms has been given unto us. Look at somebody say every spiritual blessing. God has not held anything back from you. And I'm telling you, when you get the Holy Ghost on the inside of you, your whole life begins to change. You say, well, how do I get the Holy Ghost? You simply ask God for it. If you want it, ask the Lord and he will give you the Holy Spirit. It's what the Bible says. You don't have to be afraid that some demonic thing is going to come in you. If you ask your heavenly father for a good gift, he's going to give it to you. Amen. Hallelujah. Let me tell you the story about the day I got the Holy Ghost. And I'll end with this today. Look at somebody and say, you are responsible for your mental health, for your emotional health, for your heart health. Say, if you'll stay thankful, if you'll stay praising, and you'll stay praying, you'll be stable in the things of God. Let me say that again. If you'll stay praising... If you'll stay thankful, and if you'll stay praying, you will be stable. You will have joy. You can live every day happy. So, it was uh, 1998, many moons ago, last century. I moved down to Cape Town in South Africa, and the Lord was getting ready to prepare me to bring me to America and to, to launch ministry with the church. I had no idea that this was going to happen. All I knew was the Lord was sending me to Cape Town. I went to Cape Town, got part of this church, and I committed my life to God. I had made a decision. I was in the club world. My whole life fell apart, and I made a decision that I was submitting my life to the Lord. The first year, the Lord restored my health. He restored me. And then the second year, he sent me to Cape Town where he began to teach me things by the Spirit to prepare me for ministry, for the thing that he had prepared me for. 
that he designed me for. And if you ask me about being in ministry, that would be the furthest thing from my, my plans and my agenda. Amen? Look at somebody and tell them God's got other plans for you. And so I went to Cape Town, and I grew up in South Africa. South Africa, when I grew up, was um, in apartheid. It was in segregation. So white people and black people lived in two different places. Uh, Pastors Mike and Selena went to Soweto uh, today, uh, Soweto, or yesterday. And that was the black township where, you know, just the black community was. And then you had white communities. You had white bathrooms. You had black bathrooms. Everything was segregated. Everything was separated. There was a time in America where that was true here too. Amen. And so growing up in South Africa, even though I didn't have a problem with black people, your culture teaches you that white people don't ask black people to teach them anything. You didn't have to tell me that as a command. Just being in that culture trained me, trained my mind that way. And so I go to this church, and there's 1,200 black people in the church, maybe 10 white people in the church. And I'm watching these guys operate in the things of the Spirit. And I have too much pride to ask them to teach me how this works. I know I'm meddling with some of you. You know, what's great about it is you can be naked and ashamed. You naked and unashamed. That means I can be transparent about the things that God has brought me through. There's no shame in it anymore because I've been set free from it. Right? And I can use what the Lord has done in me to tell you a story to help you break free from stuff you might not even think you're carrying. This is division. It's segregation in the heart. The, the world works with division. It wants to separate people. It'll separate people in politics. It'll separate people with finances. It separ uses all kinds of stuff to separate and divide people. And you have to get division out of your heart. Can I get an amen? And so I go to this church, and we'd have prayer meetings on Friday night. 300 people would show up to the prayer meeting. And uh, the pastor would get up, and he'd be like, oh, Good evening, we're going to pray tonight. And everybody lift your hands, and they're like, all right, pray in the Holy Ghost. And 300 people begin to pray in tongues. Look at somebody and say, tongues is evidence that you have the Holy Ghost. It's just one of the evidences, amen? Just like the fruits of the Spirit are evidence that you have the Holy Ghost. And so I'm standing around looking at this go down, and I'm like, no, this is crazy. <laughs> and then... Because I got pride and I won't ask these people to teach me, what I thought was I came up with a solution, you know. I'm going to steal words from every person in the room, and I'll create my own language, and it'll be a superior language because it's the best of everybody in the room. Look at somebody and tell them pride is ugly. And so I went around stealing a bish, a bum, a boom, a bang, a bang, boom, bando, bandeya. I'd steal words from every single person. And for about two and a half, three months, every Friday night, I would walk around praying out of my head. Weird words that made no sense. And I got to a point after two, three months where I thought I was losing my mind. And the Lord revealed to me that I was in pride. Because I cried out to the Lord. and said, Lord, I am so desperate. I want this Holy Ghost thing. But the Lord had to show me the division in my heart that I had with black people. 
because of what my culture taught me. Look at somebody and tell them there's cultural things that you've grown up with that you think are right, but are against the Word of God. See, you grow up in a culture where just sleeping around is fine. Not according to the Word of God. Just because Hollywood does it and Disney does it doesn't mean you should do it. This is one of those moments where people start giving, stop giving, stop serving, and begin to move out of the church. Pastor is judging me. No, we're talking about the Word of God. There's God's standard and there's the world's standard. Which standard do you live by? See, if you're going to make this the standard for your life, that means you've got to get rid of worldly practices. And you've got to get rid of divisions in your heart. And there's things you grow up with that you think are normal, that you think are right because of the environment you grew up in, but they're not right. And you're so blind to them. But all it takes is the Holy Ghost to show you. And the Bible says God loves those He corrects. If God's not correcting you, it means He doesn't love you. So, Lord, bring the correction. The fact that you're going to correct me and discipline me and change my mindsets that are wrong is proof that you're not going to leave me the same way, that you're going to bring me out of bondages and bring me into freedom so that I can have joy and be thankful. <laughs> Shaka Zulu. Thunder and lightning, very, very frightening. You know that song actually says, Something about Beelzebub is a special place for me, for me. I didn't realize that was in that song. I'm like, oh, that's horrible. <laughs> the things we sing, do you even know what you're singing? You know, there were songs that I heard on the radio when I was younger. That, you know, you just, because I was a dancer, you just bounce and bop to. And then you get older and you actually hear the words in the song. You're like, oh my goodness, what on earth was wrong with me? You play it for your children now thinking it's a great song, and you're like, no, my kids can't listen to this. You watch movies that you thought were fine, and then you show them to your kids, and you're like, uh-uh, this is suspect. I thought White Chicks was a good movie. Oh, where was I? So anyway, I got on my knees before God. I just got on my knees at home. I put on Hill Songs, All Things Are Possible album. That's when that came out. And I just lifted my hands to the Lord, and I just began to weep to God. I said, God, forgive me. Forgive me for my pride, this division in my heart that's the segregation in my heart that's been put there by the world that is ugly to you. Take it out of me. I lifted my hands, just weeping before the Lord. And I said, God, I want the Holy Ghost. If this thing is real, God, I want it. I want it, God. Whew. And man, I had my hands up weeping, and all of a sudden I felt something unlock in me. Like somebody opened a valve on the inside of me. You know when you're holding a hose pipe, you can feel water coming through it? That's what it felt like on the inside of me. Like something unlocked and I felt water gush through me. And all of a sudden, without even thinking, I just hit my mouth and I just began to yield to it. Look at somebody and say, the Holy Ghost doesn't talk for you. 
You have to yield to him and speak what he is saying. See, a lot of people think, oh, when the Holy Ghost, when you speak in tongues, that God actually takes control of your throat and he's going to talk through you. It's not how it works. It's a sound that releases in you that you articulate with words. It's a sound that you don't understand, but it comes from heaven. It actually comes from, it's a river of God that unlocks in you that you yield to. And when you learn to pray in tongues, when you learn to pray in the Holy Ghost, what you do is you learn to yield to the Spirit of God in every area now. If I ask you, this, if I ask you what did you have for breakfast, you can use your tongue and go into your memory and you can draw information. I had a cup of coffee and I had a bagel with cream cheese. Well, your tongue has the ability to dip into the mind of Christ that is on the inside of you. According to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, you have been given the Spirit of God. You have the mind of Christ. You can draw from the mind of God, His thoughts, His will, and His purposes, and you can speak them out of your mouth. And when you pray in tongues, you actually speak in a heavenly language. Just like you're born into the earth, where you grow up in a household and your parents speak English or Spanish or Haitian, whatever the case may be, when you're born into the kingdom of God, you begin to pick up on the sound of your heavenly Father, a language in heaven. The Bible says in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 14, if I could speak in the tongues of men and of angels, that means the angelic realm have different languages. Just like you have different languages in the nations of the earth, you have different languages in the heavenly realms between the angelic, between God, between his sons and daughters. And there's a language that you learn. It starts out with ma, ma, da, da, and eventually becomes full sentences. It's the same thing with the Spirit. And when you unlock this language on the inside of you, you actually begin to speak God's plans and purposes for your life. And the angelic realm pick up on what you're saying, and they begin to put things in motion to bring those things into your life. You don't understand what you're saying, but you're speaking directly to God. You're building yourself up in your most holy faith. It's powerful. And it's a training ground for you to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. Look at the person next to you and say, it's training for operation in yielding to God. It's the power of tongues. Amen. It's the power of the Holy Ghost. And each and every one of us have to learn to work with Him. Stand with me this morning, this afternoon, this evening, wherever we are. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know, since the day I got the Holy Ghost, my life has been different. It's important for each and every one of you to have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. I want everybody to close their eyes right where you're standing today. Heavenly Father, I thank you. Thank you for your love, God. Lord, I thank you for sending your one and only Son here to this earth. To die for us. He laid down his life. He gave his life. He took our punishment. He took our sin. And he gave us life. And I thank you, Lord, that eternal life is knowing you, walking with you, even as man walked in the garden. Every single day, in the cool breezes, you would walk with man and woman. You would teach them things and show them things. And Father, I thank you that you love each and every person in this room here today. And Lord, there's so much that you have for them, so much that you want to show them, so much that you want to teach them. Lord, there's plans and purposes that you have for their lives. 
And Lord, there's some people in here that have no clue of all the good things that you have for them. And so I pray for every heart here today, every person here today, Lord, that whatever the blockage is, whatever the enemy has used to separate them from you, that here in this moment right now, you would break them through, Lord God. In the mighty name of Jesus. Oh